0: This episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can head to patreon.com slash zerobrightness to sign up to support the show directly and get bonus content multiple times per week. Thank you to everyone who supports the show, and I look forward to meeting more of you soon. Why does everyone hate Fatal Frame 5? Uh, it's actually very fucking good.
1: Uh, my theory is that everyone did what I did when they had a Wii U because everyone that hates it probably had to have a Wii U, I'm guessing. Um the okay. demo for this game is literally the first level. Uh, not the prologue, but the one where like your your teacher, Senpai lady is like, here's my camera. take my photo, take yeah. it again. Take as many as you want. (laughs) And then you go in and you walk through literally two hallways and Mm. then it ends. And that's it. That's all you get. And I played that and I was like, man, this game sucks. I'm not paying $50 for this. Because I was like, oh man, a horror game on the Wii U. There's only like (laughs) one other one of those and it's Zombie U or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, so like i was playing it and i was like oh this is the thing from the demo and i was like oh that's right the demo was just the worst thing that you could possibly have played in this
0: yeah well and i'll say too that this game does not have a good start um no <laughs> the whole first actual mission is the tutorial and it's one of the longest levels in the game um and it's bad well- It's just that really...
1: I wouldn't even say it's like the longest level in the game. It's just like, I mean, it feels that way. It
0: feels that way.
1: It really... The game does have a problem with taking agency away from you a little too much and then not even for a long enough span of time to justify it. Yeah. But that that opening is really, really bad. About just every 10 seconds, it pulls the camera away and you watch some form of a cutscene, and then you take control for a little bit longer. And then it does it again, and you just keep doing that. So it's literally a 15 minute long level that takes 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, for it's like sure. Like a Metal Gear
1: Solid thing.
0: Yeah. And so it, you know, when I started playing the game, I was a little bit worried because I was like, does this suck? <laughs> but once the game gets going, I was like, no, this actually rocks a lot and I do feel like in order to understand why it's so good it helps to have played the older games and also to have an open mind because like I've played all the older games pretty recently like I just played a few hours of the third game you know maybe like a year ago I played the second game you know and around that same time I played the first game so that's all pretty recent and I think revisiting those games as much as I love them especially the second one you kind of realize like how clunky they are how weird some of the design choices are and things where you're like clearly this could be improved especially for replayability and like Fatal Frame 5 just you know despite being kind of clunky itself definitely not a perfect game it does explicitly fix all of those problems like you can go down the list, and there is a fix for every one of those problems, you know? And so, like I said, granted, it's maybe not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. It's maybe not the best choice, but they did do something which I appreciate a lot, you know?
1: So I haven't played any Fatal Frame game <laughs> except for this <laughs> one. I, ha- I had two when I was, like, big into collecting uh video games which was right around like in the heart of the sixth generation so i had a copy and even then it was actually kind of like it was one of those ps2 games that was always like 40 dollars after i got it right so eventually i was like i'm never gonna play this i can just get like a new game level like i can like get a new game's worth amount of money for this game so i just got rid of it sure which i regret but um <laughs> Like, I I tried to play that, and that was, I think I'd played Silent Hill 2. So, I think I expected every survival horror game to at least feel kind of like that. And those games don't quite feel that way.
0: No, not at all. So,
1: I don't know how much this game is like those games. And I also don't know how much this story mirrors the other stories because as they were kind of slowly dumping the story for this one, I was like, this sounds extremely familiar to me.
0: Yeah. Well, for sure. That is one of the very interesting things about this game is that I don't think they change anything big picture, right? Like big picture, it's still a game that is structured in... Chapters or episodes that follows the tone style and feel of a J horror movie. It concerns a cast that is mostly young women who are wrapped up in some sort of curse related to things that happened hundreds of years ago in Japan. Like there's always that Japanese folklore ghost story feel right like that's part of why it feels so tied to j horror but also because they explicitly pull things from those movies in terms of like like i said feel style structure etc and the gameplay is kind of just normal third person action adventure gameplay that has this first person combat mechanic there's also like a heavy feel of found footage in it they like to have things have like lo-fi effects to make them look like super 8 or vhs or whatever cassette tapes degraded audio things like that always figure in super heavily so if you wrote that all out on a piece of paper and you looked at this game you'd say hey it's just like those other games you know but there are a few big things that they change, and I think they change them enough that it kind of like reinvents the series. I also think that, so I'm playing this basically like the average American consumer would have played it at the time of its release in 2014, which is that they played Fail Frame 3 years and years earlier, didn't hear anything about this series for a long time, and then played this game, right? Um, because, like, there is a Fail Frame 4 that never came out officially in America. There's, like, a fan English patch that I cannot get working in an emulator for the life of me. Uh, I would like to. Someday. Anyone, If anyone wants to help, please DM me. But I even had the fucking hex editor open, and no luck. Um... But yeah, so like this is kind of a reinvention of the Fatal Frame franchise. It's, you know, it's big re-entry into the market. And so you notice that there's some things they changed very heavily. Um, Number one, it has a different perspective and control style. It now has an over-the-shoulder camera and the camera follows your main character. The controls are kind of halfway in between what we'd say is modern and what I would call like the Resident Evil 4 style, where it's still a little bit weird and relative, you know? Um, You basically have like a control stick that points your character in a direction. You can also push forward to make them walk, and then there's a run button that kind of auto-runs for you. Um, And then obviously once you pull out your camera, you're in first person. Combat works like that. So, that is a huge change that I think works really, really well in this game because it fixes the perspective problem that fail-frame games have always had. Like, in the older games when you had a fixed camera, when you pulled out your camera and went into first person, it was always, always so disorienting. And like, the first couple hours, it's like the most disorienting shit, you know? like. I don't know it's almost like you feel like you have a phantom limb or something like you just cannot fucking figure out why it's like so weird um fail frame 2 did the best with this because it has just like an auto aim function already so when you pull out your camera you're kind of always pointed roughly in the right direction um fail frame 3 turned that off which is kind of an odd choice uh but this game actually fixes that issue so like even though movement is a little bit slower and it's a little bit more involved um and like you maybe have to look at the map even though that's something you've always done in these games is just constantly popping the map open and closed um
1: i'm sick of that map dude well dude
0: play the original game and it's more it's even worse you know what i mean
1: okay no i'll never play the first one
0: (laughs) well yeah and so that's i think that this game it fixes that perspective problem and it makes the game work in a way that um like i was really impressed with I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't expecting them to approach this style of game in this way. And I think I don't know, I just was like, I think it works.
1: Does four what was four's um camera perspective and like literal like our camera perspective and then the actual camera obscura perspective?
0: so there are two games in the series prior to this um one on the wii and one on the wii u that both seem to have roughly the same control style and perspective style there is a remake of Failframe frame 2 on the wii and then there's fail frame 4 uh the remake on the wii i have played and i fucking hated it <laughs> um it's basically the same control style but it just doesn't work and in looking at videos of Fatal frame 4 which i admittedly haven't played it kind of looks the same the big difference there besides the controls just feeling really fucking wonky is that uh the camera in third person is super tight over the shoulder like very re4 style but even more extreme so it kind of makes you feel seasick when you move
1: but it like it's uh a it's a third person like action control scheme of yes. like your okay, but also you I aim- I didn't know how much of this was like Wii U inspired because if I remember correctly on the Wii U you use the pat like the game the game pad screen as your camera
0: yes so that is correct and that was the big like innovation in the game so in the in the remake of Fail Frame Two for the Wii though you use the nunchuck like pointing
1: yeah um kind of waggle.
0: And waggling, yeah, copious amounts of waggling because things are always grabbing you. Um, and yeah, so like this control scheme, if you know that, this control scheme starts to make a little bit more sense because they're definitely trying to lay it out so that you didn't have to use a ton of buttons. Because on the Wii, well, on the Wii, you would have been using the Nunchuck, which didn't have a ton of buttons. And then on the Wii U, you were using the big tablet thing, I guess, which is still. You know what? Let me let me just be totally frank. I still am not even sure what the Wii U is. Okay, I still don't know, and I don't want to know. I want to stay ignorant.
1: Well, the the pad's got. uh, I think it's got as many buttons as a normal controller. It's got two shoulder buttons on either side, the four face buttons, D pad, two sticks. So yeah, it's basically a normal controller layout with a big screen in the center of it.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just like that big screen would make it so you're not as like agile. On the buttons, and the thing is heavy, right? I assume it's heavy it's
1: it's honestly not that bad, okay, I think maybe that pad weighs like a few more ounces than like my Xbox like the because I have the new Xbox controller quote unquote, whatever they're calling them. yeah, and like with a battery pack installed in it it's it feels heavier because it's you know a smaller lump, so I'm sure the tablet weighs a little more, but it actually feels fairly light in your hands. Oh. And well. it's it's fairly ergonomic. I never had a, much of a problem playing stuff on it for, like, a long time.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So it's
1: just there's not much to play on it. <laughs> Unless <laughs> sure. you want to hack it and make it, like, a GameCube emulator, which I've thought about.
0: Yeah. And lot of people.
1: Wii games, so you can always hook up your your waggles to it if you want to
0: but yeah for sure and a lot of people do that with them because they're apparently very easy to hack and get like emulators and stuff going but
1: well, yeah because it's got the wii chipset in it which the wii chipset has the gamecube chipset hidden in it yeah so you just do some like flashy stuff and then you can just play gamecube games the yeah way God intended i guess <laughs>
0: for sure um But yeah, so I think that the control style and their perspective work really well in this game because they've just sped things up a bit and they've just made everything a little bit slicker. Like you still move slow, but that's Mm -hmm. also been a hallmark of the series. That's something I think is interesting. Like when people say it's slow or complain about it, uh, but also say they love the old fail frame games, I'm immediately like, you are lying Uh, because the the old games are very slow and very dreamlike and also have a habit of showing you something whenever you discover something new so like when i started playing this one it was immediately kind of annoyed that like whenever you make a new discovery it tells you what room to go to and pulls up the map and it's like oh this is annoying but then it's like i thought back to when i just played fail frame 3 and i was like oh yeah the old games do this as well um I think a lot of those things are actually imported directly from the older games, and once I got into the flow of the game, I was like, you know I actually kind of like that they they brought those things over because they have improved a lot of other things within the game, you know
1: I don't think that it telling you where to go once you've gotten like the key item is a big deal because it doesn't really tell you where the key item is. Yeah, for sure, so like you are you do hunt for a little bit and. The further you get into this game, it seems the larger the levels start to get. Yes. And I don't I don't want to say that the the 6th main level is like a Spencer Mansion tier area, but it's pretty big and I did go all the way through it one full time before I figured out where I was supposed to go. Cuz I'm I'm like halfway into that right now and it's I was It's it's the thing where every door I try to go through is mysteriously held shut by a, you know, force or whatever. And, you know, it doesn't tell you where to go. It just gives you a vague objective.
0: Yeah. I played that mission for two hours because I got so lost and turned around, and it's so complex, but... I think one of the coolest changes they made to this game is that they gave it an episodic structure. So there are something like 13 episodes in the game. Uh, each one is like a little mission. It's its own self-contained level. And before you start, you get to do a little like item loadout and change some options and then jump into the level. And I think what is really cool about that, besides kind of breaking up the game in a nice way, giving you nice starting and stopping points and also making sure you don't run out of items because like that's always been a hallmark of these games is that you're going to run out of film and like try and flail and get yourself out of some pretty gnarly situations without any good film. Uh, In this game, it's helped by the fact that, you know, every 30 to 60 minutes or sometimes less, like you get a nice little reset point where you can, you know, redo your items and, and reapproach, you know, that for the next mission. But it also makes the larger areas really cool because like they reuse a lot of areas, you know. There're probably only like five unique stages in the game, really. Uh but there's obviously a lot more chapters than that. And the way that they get away with it is that these stages can actually be pretty large, complex, labyrinthine, but they use a little system where they kind of show you where to go. A lot of times you're following a trace, which is like a ghostly version of a character. And so, you know, you'll be in a level and it's like, okay, well, I only need to explore this little chunk of it for this mission. I can see that there's more. And then you'll come back later and do more. Um, So yeah, the sixth stage is really, really awesome because you've already been to that area a few times and then you go into this huge temple that you haven't been to and it's like whoa what the fuck or you've only seen a little bit of and yeah you fully get to do the classic survival horror thing you know you get to do the classic fatal frame thing that's the closest thing to like fatal frame 2 that's in this game and i think that the whole design seems to be made with speeding up the game flow in mind so like in the older games you spend a lot of time wandering around you spend a lot of time lost you spend a lot of time trying to like solve very cryptic visual puzzles like you'll see a fragment of a place and you have to go find the place stuff like that and while a lot of that does reappear at times in this game the average stage is much quicker it's much faster and it's all you know supposed to happen at a much faster pace and with a much better flow which i super super appreciate because like all right what is this episode 3000 of this show i've played like god knows how many horror games and survival horror games and i'm definitely getting to the point where when something's like old school survival horror i'm like on. how about you go worried. and fuck yourself <laughs> worried no i get fully hostile because it's like no Life is so short, dude. Like, fuck yeah. off. You
1: know. Well, I get worried for a whole number of reasons whenever I see that kind of thing. If a game is marketing itself as old school or it markets itself as, like, scary, like they try to convince you that it's actually, like, the scariest video game ever, I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. Maybe I'll play this when it's, like, $4, but... If you think I'm going to give you $30 for this game, you're telling me is the scariest, most dreadful experience of my life. I, I won't. Or if it says Lovecraftian. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: Easy Lovecraftian red Lovecraftian always
1: means that there's just like some weird, like forced horny scene. And uh, <laughs> usually that there's, I don't know, just someone like screaming as the camera pans out and, you know, like, I don't know. Every Lovecraftian horror game, quote-unquote, that I've played, very much like the last.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's just really frustrating because, like, you know, game design has gotten better over time. Tech has improved over time. Mm -hmm. Like, I love survival horror. I mean, I just did a whole episode where I played, like hours of these old survival horror games in order to do that episode and like so clearly i love them and yeah when i return to them i love them for being like a time and a place sort of thing i mean that's why like in that last episode i used so many signifiers and like you know use like photos of me from around that time and all that kind of shit like for the promo art and stuff because it's like i really am like in 2006 when i play those games you know And I think there's ideas, especially aesthetically, that people could totally pull from now in order to make, like, new games better. And there are interesting design ideas in some of the weirder games, like Clock Tower 3 and, like, especially Siren. But, I mean, those games were very transitional. They're very time and place. Like, you know, if you just did that now, it would suck. And that's why I have such a hard time with that, um... That developer that everybody likes a lot, who made Glass Staircase and Murder House. Um, that's why I have a such a hard time with that guy's games, because like I like things about them. I always appreciate the aesthetic, uh, you know, and that kind of thing, but then like there are choices where it's like this is bad, and at this point in time, you're making this choice specifically for whatever reason, right? Like, I'm not gonna try and armchair psychoanalyze you and say this is why you're doing it, but it is a choice and you know, at this point in time, it is no longer a good choice and I don't like it, you know, like making the control shitty and being like, Oh, it's (laughs) you know? And so that's why like with, with this game, it's funny that, you know, I, you know, once again, so I tried not to read too much about it before I played it, but I know that this game has a reputation. A lot of players hate it. And so, you know, part of that is like the controls, like, Oh, the controls are bad, like blah, blah, blah. But like I was playing, I was like, the controls are fine like it takes a bit to figure them out but like it's literally just relative controls and then there's like a button that centers it behind you so even in the discord a couple people were like is there a quick turn i can't figure out quick turn and it's like yeah it's kind of weird but like instead of quick turn you just pull the stick back your character switches directions and you can just center the camera
1: yeah it's kind of like a classic i think a lot of n64 games and stuff did it where there's just a dedicated button you can press that will refocus the camera like based on you know what way your character's facing. Yeah. So the only thing that messed me up with that is the um the male character you can play as. His camera has that like the rapid fire uh function. Yeah. Which is that button. And I I have a thing where my brain hasn't quite figured out that a hundred percent of the time that you press right bumper to do the the refocus yeah so i'll sometimes pull up the camera by mistake yeah and normally that's not a big deal but when you're playing as him and you do that and you do the camera like the trigger on accident and then hit the bumper before you put the camera up it just like blows through film uh-huh <laughs> which is you know my own unique problem but like the controls aren't bad i think the layout is a little i think the fact that they only created two layouts is a bit questionable
0: Oh for sure.
1: But I think we've established that just in general Japanese developers are still like familiarizing themselves with PC ports and what people come to expect.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: especially for this one, it's like every every 2 to 3 days there's a update on Steam that's like we are gonna we're working on blank number of fixes for this. Yeah. To basically just make it like a normal PC port which is right. it's worked fine for me by the time you know i started playing it it at least plays fine and i'm using a gamepad. i'm not gonna play i'm not gonna play a fucking game like this with mouse and keyboard so <laughs> people being mad about that is a little wonky to me personally but
0: yeah i mean i actually played it on the switch uh because i i figured it'd probably be the most stable platform because nintendo's like Pushing it really hard. I don't know if they're publishing it, but they're pushing it very hard.
1: Well, I think it's probably a, like it was unique to the. Wii. It was a, it was exclusive to the Wii U. Yeah. I think, originally, yeah. so I'm sure that they're kind of like there's some weird something going on. Yeah. There. Maybe there's just someone in Nintendo that really wants this thing to be popular.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to make Fatal Frame Five happen. Uh,
1: no, but keep, it's got dead or alive trying. skins for the characters.
0: <laughs> oh God! Yeah, we'll get to that. Um. But yeah, so I played it on the Switch because I figured it'd be the most stable platform, and it seems to be—it's super stable. I've had no issues. It plays great. It looks amazing. Like I don't know what they did. Maybe it was just already a really good-looking game, and it just got like you know a, a little bit of a, a dusting yeah, man. or something. But I'm not gonna amazing. lie to you.
1: Everyone's like, "This is a remaster. This is a remastered video game," and like, it's not. It's a port. It's yeah. straight up a port. Like. Yeah. I've watched a couple of walkthrough things just because like, I don't like the, the first one that got me is when you're playing as the guy and it gives you like you, your camera's reacting. So you take the photo that shows you like the open box. Oh yeah. Like I thought I had to do the thing where I made a box appear and I spent like, I just took a billion photos and I was like, what's going on? And so I had to look (laughs) up a walkthrough where it's just like, Oh, I just interact with something and something happens. Yeah. But like all the videos I watch for the walkthroughs are from the Wii U. And it's like the only thing is just these ports maybe turned off the bloom sure. from that game that made it look a little like made it look a little like washed out. But yeah like this is just the way that game looked yeah well it looks it's just like got anti-aliasing or like better resolution or whatever. yeah but like well, they didn't a, like yeah. upscale anything
0: yeah for sure i mean it's just a really good looking game like it's it, just very it does cl- very vibey it's very clean it's very crisp um it has good design you know they once again they know the aesthetic I think that's something I really appreciate about this game, too. Like, you're at the fifth game in the series. They they know the aesthetic, they know what vibe they're going for, and they just nail it. You know, everything has got that kind of blue-purplish nighttime look. you got all the traditional Japanese architecture and touches, um, you know, the character designs. They're kind of quasi-realistic like anime people but they are
1: anime people baby
0: <laughs> yeah and you know it's just like i don't know the lighting in this game looks really good the design of the areas is really good the various effects that they overlay on it to do those like lo-fi effects i mentioned earlier i mean everything just comes together really yeah. well the game looks the found super footage good.
1: stuff rocks
0: yes I'll,
1: like all the found footage that I, and i hate that a lot of it is hidden behind the um the fatal glances yeah So I'm always rushing to try to get those and I hate, some of the designs of the areas don't, they're like counterproductive for getting those because you, there's no real way to know if when you do one you're just going to get like a point bonus or if you're going to get one of those like cutscenes. Yeah, So I'm always just trying to like get another cutscene, but you yeah, know, some of the areas are really, really big, and the ghost is across the room, and you're not going to make it over there in time because you're yeah. like in water or something that slows you down. Yeah, for sure. Or they're like in a wall because you're in a tiny hallway. Yeah,
0: yeah. But those,
1: those do all the ones I've seen. Rock. They look really cool.
0: Yeah. So they've added a mechanic in this game that after you kill some ghosts, you can go and touch them and then yeah you'll get a little lo-fi either vhs or super eight style depending on what era it's from Cutscene that kind of shows what happened to them or how they died and they fucking rock um a few of them also show up in the main storyline like there's a vhs tape you find Mm -hmm. um, before you go to the folklorist house for the first time Uh, and a few other things yeah they look amazing they're super cool the direction is great I think what I really like about that like fatal glance mechanic where you touch the ghosts and some certain other like structural changes they made to the story is that I think it ties everything that the Fatal frame games have been trying to do together really well because I had that thought when I was playing this game that it's like the concept of Fatal frame just as a media work makes no fucking sense like it's a survival horror game with first-person combat with a camera that also has, like, a Pokemon Snap element that's also really disorienting because they lay all these filters on top of it. Plus, there's found footage horror. Plus, there's, like, traditional game narrative. And so, like, when you put all those things together, it's like, wait, what? And that's, like, what it feels like playing the first game in the series where it has, like, a flowchart to help you keep track of everything that's going on. You're like wait a minute (laughs) this doesn't actually make any fucking sense Um, and so I think what I appreciate about this game so much was that it actually manages to like tie everything together so having that little mechanic is like oh well now they can put more of these scenes and more of this style into the game and it makes sense because your character is like using their you know psychoactive (laughs) abilities or whatever um, to like look at this and that's actually really cool. Like when they're showing you these images, they're showing you all these different things. It feels a little bit more, I don't know, of a piece. Like it's not just like the older games where random shit just keeps happening, and you're just supposed to be like, well, it's J horror, <laughs> which is fair and works. But I actually like that they sort of like unified everything a bit more. I think.
1: Yeah, I haven't ever felt like the the parts of it are disjointed. They all seem to kinda work together fairly fairly well here. There's a there's definitely a little too much like suspension of disbelief for me sometimes. The way that like you'll have a character just like stand still while something fucked up is happening. Uh I'm like, you know, if you would just move this probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So it's it it like the game does feel a bit like uh it feels like a sixth generation survival horror game. Yeah. Cuz like I don't necessarily think that that was like they're like no, the like the director wasn't like they need to just stand still right here for a few seconds and just let this happen. I think it's right. more of a like this is we are within technological limitations or whatever. This is just kind of how this has to be to work. So I do I do hope that this game does fairly well or this port anyway, so maybe it encourages development of a more modern game so they can really just hit it all the way home. Yeah. Since this does feel yeah. like a, a game that's like got one foot each and in, in some different eras, but Yeah. Still still better than I thought it would be.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like Once again, I mean, if you go and play the previous games, they seem to be even slower and clunkier. So it's weird that people have like a more positive picture of those games than this game, which I think actually pulls off what it sets out to do really well. And even some of the like super seventh gen shit uh, works. Like the first time I saw that there's basically episodes and missions and stuff with, like, a super Resident Evil 6-looking menu screen, I was
1: like... Oh, yeah, big time. That's what it is. I knew it reminded me of something, but I couldn't figure out what.
0: Yeah, like, initially, I got, like, Resident Evil 6 vibes from the way the game is laid out. Because it's three characters, and it's spread over a bunch of, like, missions. And I was like, oh, wow, this is quite a bit... Like Resident Evil 6 is even like, you know, the the gear select screen before each mission and all that, which is actually maybe five. I can't remember. Um, but like, yeah, it, it kind of has that seventh gen feel to it. But that actually ends up being one of my favorite things about the game is the way that they manage to break up the gameplay so that they can reuse those era, uh, areas. They can show you different things as you're playing through the game and you know they can also like give it more of that j-horror feel because like okay i think that in america when you say j-horror people think of like the ring but in japan i think that the grudge series was like more influential in you know it was hugely popular it was super influential towards like a lot of other like horror directors and that's always To me, the vibe I've gotten from Fail Frame is it's like very, very influenced by the Grudge series. And one of the big things that the Grudge did like when it first debuted was that it showed you could tell a disjointed story that's told in chapters and there's a different character each chapter Um, Which was like a really big change from something like The Ring where it follows one character start to finish or just like any traditional horror where you usually follow, you know, a, a character or group of characters start to finish. And so like in Fatal Frame, the stories have always followed multiple characters and had multiple layers, but there's always been a bit of a difficulty of like wrapping that together even in fail frame three, which like explicitly goes more in that route and does the Juan thing where it's like, okay, there's three main characters. There's still like another character who you don't see that ends up being like a big part of the story. And it's like, a f- ends up feeling a little bit weird. I think in this game, breaking it into chunks, having you flip between the characters and get to know them, like actually works really well within the gameplay. Cause like when you do one level as one character and you come back to another character, it has like a different feel and it gives it this like, wider scope to the story because like at the end of the day these are just like corny horror stories like yeah you know it's not like Tolstoy (laughs) like
1: you know they're not really breaking any new ground with this one literally because it's I don't know if I've seen the story in a movie or another game or if it is just a fatal frame story from a prior game that they just repurposed but like this is the most just like it's it's like the Japanese, just like Halloween, like it's the most like Michael Myers has the knife. He kills teens. Yeah. Like this is just like ancient Japanese ritual where, of course, they make the women sacrifices to keep, you know, the evil spirits at bay. But now they're haunting you and they're going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Like, it's just yeah. it's very straightforward.
0: Well, that's one thing, too. I think that when people think of J-horror or they think of East Asian horror, if you like it or you have a bias towards it, you know, you sort of have that thought of like you go right towards like the best stuff that's like emotionally engaging and like, you know, it's very well made and it's almost has more of a dramatic flair to it or whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah, like that. That's what it is to me. But like just like any media market whether it's movies or games or whatever if there's like a genre there's a whole bunch of movies there's a whole superstructure to it and let's say at the bottom if you will there's a bunch of corny shit that's either aimed at teens or aimed at people who are kind of dumb or like whatever and if you really like a genre a lot of times you gain an appreciation for that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and i've always really liked fatal frame because it is i think at its core it is more like that, I think the older games maybe put on a bit with like the complicated lore and the kind of like you know crazy storyline that was always kind of trying to lead up to something. There's maybe a little bit of a pretense there that it's like, oh, we're doing something that's much bigger than yeah, this. but it's like, no, not really. It's just like a fun video <laughs> game that has all this stuff laid on top of it. That's pretty cool, like. And that was interesting about that last episode I did like comparing and contrasting all those different storylines in those different games like I think Rule of Rose actually has a much more involved and nuanced story that's like told in a very interesting way and so then when comparing that to like Fail Frame 3 which I think people say is like oh that's like such an emotional story and all this and that and the other thing and it's like yeah it kind of is but it's also kind of just like the grudge except you can play it (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, with this game, I think that the storyline is largely the same, where it's like, yeah, it's complicated still. There's way too many moving parts and lore and all this stuff, and there's characters. You care about the characters just because they're in front of your face enough, and you're just like, no, goth mommy, don't die, you know? But, like, I don't know. I mean, it's still just kind of, like, corny. And and what I want to say is, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I think... Yeah, I know. Part know. part of what I love about the grudge and that director too which is Takashi Shimizu is that those movies started off as TV movies and he continued to make TV movies for a while. Actually a lot of the big um directors from that time like early 2000s in Japan would do TV movies as well as theatrical releases or do like limited run TV series or whatever and they were way lower budget, they were way cornier, they were obviously made to appeal a little bit more to teenagers and stuff like that but like they're fantastic like they're all really really good and they have a totally different vibe and feel to them that like i super appreciate so i always kind of looked at fatal frame as like it's a little bit of a low budget tv movie version of j-horror but with like a video game aspect to it as well so
1: yeah this one feels I, like yeah the this game exists at like opposite ends of like every spectrum that applies to it. I feel <laughs> like, yeah, because it does feel, it does. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna say it's like a, just a real polished AAA experience, but it feels like a solidly, like intentionally designed video game. Yeah, and like I, I respect the the really simple story. Like it's the after you're in it for a couple of hours, you just kind of know what's going on. And you know it's just a matter of, like, everyone's trying not to die. Yeah. There's not much of a mystery to unravel. There's kind of one, but I'm sure we all know where it's going. Right. Uh, but, like, I guess a criticism you could level at this game is that it's still trying to do a 6th gen or prior horror game thing of notes every fucking where just notes (laughs) all over the place there's 17 notes to pick up in every chapter you play
0: yep yep yep
1: every chapter it's just the same note (laughs) all the notes are the same it's either a quasi like poem structure thing about the water or it's about someone who's like written seven suicide notes that progressively get more like i love her so much i have to
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just
1: every every you just keep picking these notes up. Yeah. Which sure. aren't necessary, but I think they do filter into some kind of like percentage tracker or whatever. Yeah, for sure. And so like without a complicated story, they kind of just keep writing the same notes over and over or putting the same notes over and over in the game.
0: And if you're into
1: collecting that stuff or reading those things, because in some games reading the notes is fun they're actually well written and entertaining in this game it's kind of not i <laughs> i speed read some of them and then sometimes i just like close it out immediately because yeah can, if i see water written twice on one page of a seven page note i'm like nope i'm good
0: dude they're all just water 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 (laughs) it's just go 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 baby
1: everybody thirsty up there
0: (laughs) don't let it overflow yeah um yeah no you're right and i think that early on it's it's pretty effective i think the early part of this game is really weird and creepy with like finding suicide notes suicide is a huge theme um it's it's very intense in the early part of the game i found and like it's pretty unnerving, um, but then yeah, later on, it's kind of just yeah, it's sort of just doing its thing. Um,
1: it starts to pivot away from all the suicide stuff into into like the history of the mountain and yeah, um, and the th- the things what make everyone who are who's there want to you know take their own life.
0: Yeah, for sure. Which is also something that I really appreciate about the game. Once again. I think that, so, like, obviously, I'm a big J-horror fan. I love J-horror. And I think that in the original games, there was always a big comparison to J-horror, a huge influence on them. But once you get to three and later, you see that they actually try to, like, cop specific moves from J-horror movies, whether that's in the direction of the cutscenes, or the structure of the games or whatever, um, which I think is great. And in this game, they do it really well, where, like, the whole structure of the game is like a J-horror movie. So... At the beginning, it has a splashy, disturbing intro that kind of pulls you in, and then they go into the history. They get more into the, like you know, ancient Japan kind of stuff, or like hundreds of years ago Japan kind of stuff. I can't remember what exactly era it's set. They're in. not really
1: clear on yeah. They don't. It, you don't even really know what time period it's set in now. Yeah, like I thought it was modern because the, the one of the pro tags keeps referencing how her instructor lady. Is really into traditional Japanese style. Uh-huh. And how her room because her room is very much like very low table. You kneel to work at your table. Yeah. You know, all the doors are um sliding doors or like yep. the paper doors and all that stuff. And then like every other room in the building is very trad or traditional in our sense in the West. Yeah. so I was like oh is this set now but then it's like the newest TV you see is like an RCA TV from 1994 so yeah, I'm not sure. really positive when it's supposed to take place and I don't really know if the mysticism part is very much like thousands of years of this have gone on or mm-hmm. if it's like this is like the 1800s
0: yeah for sure and I think that's kind of one thing that's really cool about it because like it sets it in its own little time and place, and when they show you all these like crazy things, you just kind of take it at face value, um, and it kind of like pulls you into the story, which I think is cool. That's something that these games have always done really well, is having overlapping timelines and time periods, keeping things um, very enigmatic, so you're never sure exactly what's going on and another big thing that they do is having the future interact with the past and that's like a huge plot line in this game right and it starts off kind of like oh there's this shrine where the shrine maidens were killed or would kill themselves and they are going down and taking young girls from the now and having them kill themselves And then as you keep playing the game, it's like, oh, well, it's actually a lot more complicated than that. There's way more stuff going on. And then eventually there's also like, oh, they're also going and finding young men and having them like, quote unquote, marry these like ghostly shrine maidens and everybody's ending up dead. It gets really crazy, but. I think it's up to the game's presentation to make it interesting and like keep it engaging, which I think the game does really well. Yeah, the notes are a super antiquated thing. There's so many fucking notes in this game. You definitely stop paying attention to them at some point. But I think overall the presentation and storytelling is really good. And it's just good in that, like I said, that kind of like schlocky J-horror way where you're not looking at it for some great meaning. You're just like, I want to keep watching. I want to keep finding out what's going on and just seeing cool cutscenes and stuff like that. And I also yeah. think that the, once again, like the slow dreamlike, cinematic thing is really, really big in these games. And I think it always has been like when you go back and play two or three, they're super slow. They're super dreamlike and they're very cinematic. They love to stop you, show you a cutscene, show you a little cut away. That's still in engine or something like that. And I think that's kind of a, a integral part of these games that this game preserves. So if you're playing this and you're like, "Oh, this is so slow," like blah blah blah, that's okay. You just also might not like Fatal Frame. <laughs> and yes, I am mm-hmm. gatekeeping.
1: <laughs> I would consider myself a pretty uh, modern gamer, quote unquote, and uh-huh. I still, I, I, I don't think this game's really all that slow. Yeah like you know yeah i guess you could get tired of like the slow door opening animation right for every door if you like find yourself kind of like lost or backtracking or whatever cuz nothing ever happens at least in my 6 hours of gameplay or whatever nothing's opening the door slowly has never like revealed a surprise or a scare or anything it's never done that yeah it's just part of it. Is you have to watch the door open every <laughs> yes. single time
0: yeah and like that, sure. that gets a
1: little old i guess but i never have been like ah like i need to like leon style like kick the door open uh-huh. or i'm gonna <laughs> lose my mind yeah. like the only you know the beginning they really front-loaded some of that like just the constant cutscenes that felt the a bit unnecessary, but after that I'd say I'd say when you're watching a cutscene like it's it is somewhat necessary. They're usually entertaining. They're more yeah. entertaining to me when it's like one of the cool found footage things. Uh yeah. but I don't it doesn't feel all that slow to me. Like the worst yeah. the only thing I find myself kinda regularly complaining about is uh just the way some of the combat goes down being in those being in a hallway, or like when you come through a door, and you're imme- like you immediately just have to like go at it with a ghost because those position indicators on screen just don't track very well. They're not very specific, yes. and the way the way your camera, the, w- the way the game's camera moves, whether literally using the camera in the game or just trying to reposition your character, it kind of moves in a weird way that it's not, it's not super. Easier intuitive to kind of focus your attention on a ghost that is just right inside of a door the second you walk into a hallway that's got like one and a half feet of space on either side of you, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, so, okay, as a segue, there are some things in this game that suck, and I do want to talk about them. But as a segue, let's talk about combat because that's something we haven't talked about, and it is kind of like the focal point of the game. Um, and it kind of always has been in fail frame I think that was another thing besides the aesthetic and the J-horror influence that was really notable about these games was like it's the only classic survival horror franchise that actually has real combat mechanics and actually has like a real combat system which kind of puts it a cut above all those other series right and it's kind of sad that it you know they haven't made one of these in a while because I was always pulling for this one as like Fatal Frame is going to be the survival horror franchise that succeeds or that continues on into the future just because it has actual combat mechanics, you know, and once people get tired of, like, swinging lead pipes at dogs, like, (laughs) Fatal Frame will still be here.
1: Fatal Frame needs a Resident Evil 4, man. They need one. Yeah. Get get a laser sight on your camera.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, so there are some changes to combat that are not so dissimilar from a sick laser sight. Uh, on your camera. Um, the combat in this game is much more nuanced than the older games. Uh, it gives you a lot more indicators and options that give you a clearer picture of how combat works. In the older games, I think the combat's really cool. I love it, but there was always kind of a mystery element to it because there were just like so many weird things going on, so many things happening. You had some. Indicators and things to help you, but it could be really hard to keep track of what was going on. Um, there was also like a bit of a slowness in the way that the like animations would work if you got attacked and getting pulled out of your perspective. Sometimes the controls were bad, so whatever switching perspectives was hard, etc., etc. This game eliminates all that. Like I said, they really fix that perspective problem, which is great. But they also add more ways to keep track of what's going on in combat. So. Number one, there's like a really nice, easy to use lock on system, which is something that the series has kind of struggled with over time. In this one, it's just a very simple, like you hold L2 basically, and you'll lock on to an enemy if you line up the frame with the enemy, right? that's simple. The next thing is that they've changed the shutter chance, which is one way that you can do extra damage to a ghost to basically be tracked by these little particles that like fly off of the ghost. They're outlined very clearly by like the heads up display overlay. And basically if you can get five of them within the frame, you can take a picture and do extra damage. And uh, the fatal frame more or less works the way it does in the older games, but it is just a little slicker because the animations on the ghosts are much better and the game moves at a faster pace so with the fatal frame it's essentially if you can catch the ghost as they're attacking you and they're super close you can do a bunch of damage and you can also get off bonus shots afterwards without using film so you can kind of keep hitting the shutter button at the right rhythm and you can get off up to like i don't know like eight extra shots sometimes um
1: i've never done that (laughs) i'm so i'm still getting good at like Actually, going for those and getting those like subsequent um like freebie shots,
0: yeah. But there is kind sure. of a
1: cadence to it. You can't like you can't spam. You have right. to like wait for the for the the light because it does it does like a red outline beeps at you. Like, yeah. do it now. So yep. you have to like time it. You it's kind of like the dashing and hyperlight. Yeah, the way you can't just spam it. You have to learn the cadence and the cadence shifts it doesn't stay uniform Yep. so it's if you can get it there is nuance to the combat in this that like you do need to practice it um, which I haven't really done like you can get by just kind of mm-hmm. doing the basic stuff but if you if you want to dedicate some time to it you can probably clean house pretty good and I'm sure if you're playing I'm assuming that once you've beaten the game it unlocks a harder difficulty for the stages because currently I only have normal is the most difficult yeah, for and sure. So I think the game will probably want you to have learned how to really use that combat system if you're gonna go chase unlocks or whatever the yeah. reason for playing hard will be. But
0: for sure. Yeah, and like so if you've played the other games in the series, it probably sounds pretty similar, like, to the combat in those games. And it is, but it's just so much cleaner. I think another, a couple big changes they make to the camera movement make it feel really fluid and exciting. One is that you can speed up um, like your movement speed with the camera. Um, So you have like a pretty normal walk speed, which was a problem in the older games. Your walk was like super slow, but you can also change like the sensitivity of the sticks, which you can just crank all the way up and actually have some decent like mobility when you're in first person. Um, You can also rotate the frame which you can either do with motion controls on the switch, or you can just do it with the L and R buttons. Uh, actually the motion controls were really helpful in getting the hang of how rotating the frame works because that was not in the older games. Um, so I really appreciated that the motion controls on the switch. They're not bad at all, but once I got the hang of it, I turned them off cause I just found that I wanted to be yeah. more precise. You
1: know, I thought the buttons, the button, the, like the on mine that's X and Y, which I guess it still is on the switch. They're just like inverted, but, uh, Yeah, it's I think it's I've I don't know if I just got decent at it really quickly or if it's just that intuitive because I've never I've never gone to move the the camera frame or like the orientation and felt like it's going the opposite way that I anticipated. Yeah, like usually when I'm like, I need to follow, you know, the traces. I have a really easy time just doing the button prompts to get that thing moving. So
0: yeah for sure shouts
1: out Um, to them for nailing that i guess
0: yeah for sure and i think that the effect that all these changes have on the combat is that it's really fun um i thought it was i love it
1: yeah it's always yelling and shit like a real gamer
0: (laughs) yeah dude hell yeah doing the It's like when you
1: play like Evil Four, and you're like pop 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 and you just explode like four dudes heads in a row or something it does feel does feel very satisfying, especially when you're getting like ganged up on and you get more than one of them in the frame mm-hmm. and you get like a eight, like an eight or nine like tier shot yeah because it does that's the other thing is I guess it counts it'll even count if you have like an ally with you mm-hmm. It counts your ally's like lock on target as like a particle basically to kind of yeah. help speed up the um get like or it counts towards getting a five or higher
0: yeah yep
1: so if you can like sneak your your companion into the shot you can kind of like cheese it a little bit which is cool
0: yeah for sure i mean the the new shutter chance system is really cool because yeah it lets you take advantage of having a partner um because they can also draw them in for fatal frames which is sort of different but uh It also makes fighting multiple ghosts a lot more fun, and it gives you a bit of an advantage because, yeah, when there's multiple ghosts, there's going to be more focus points, so you can get more shutter chances and hit them for higher damage. In older games, fighting multiple ghosts was, like, a nightmare. Like, every time you had to do it, you were just like, fuck me, you know? And in this game, it's actually, once again, it's super fun, and it also makes the encounters more varied, so... You know, having the combat be smoother and giving you all these options and control, um, it means that, like, when you approach a ghost, you're not just like, oh, I'm fucked because it's multiple ghosts, or like, oh, I'm fucked because it's a boss, or whatever. You actually kind of approach it and you're like, okay, what is this ghost's deal? You know, can it teleport really fast? Does it have, like, you know, a fail frame that's hard to catch, or whatever? And you can kind of size it up and then do whatever you need to do to get through it, which is a lot more intuitive and a lot more fun than some parts of the older games where it just got really really brutal and difficult just because the systems were kind of slow and you were always kind of fighting with it um i never really felt like i was fighting with the combat system in this game
1: yeah it's very uh it it is not unlike resident evil 4 because you can sort of like run yourself to a different position in like a space and kind of like set up you know there's a There is a strategy to the quote-unquote real-time combat in this game the way there is in, like, 4. Yeah. Like, stuff typically moves slow enough that you can take a second to, like, realign yourself and see if there's a place you can get to where you can deal the most damage that you can. Yeah. Without, you know, resorting to your good film or...
0: yeah well and there's also like a really strategic metagame element that was once again it's been in all these games but it just works super well in this game where like you know when you're fighting ghosts you get points for each shot that you take if you're doing more cool trick shots you get more (laughs) points like that's just how it it. works
1: big shot (laughs) big big points
0: oh yeah dude absolutely get that long ass combo run going Superman the dark slide out yeah Superman by Goldfinger plays in the background etc (laughs) etc yeah so like if you're getting better shots you're getting more points which you then use to upgrade your camera and upgrade your lenses you have lenses that let you pull off like specials
1: you can upgrade your camera with the points (laughs) yeah I thought you just found parts I thought you just found like lenses and stuff
0: no dog <laughs> you go to the Damn, enhancer,
1: I ain't upgraded <laughs> shit I bought some outfits that's all I did I thought yeah. that's what those were points were for
0: they're actually separate point totals you have points for it <laughs> yeah.
1: god damn it
0: oh my god dude in I've been, your... I
1: have been like man why does it take so long? I mean like i'll be using like mid-tier film and i'm just like why is this taking so long
0: hand in your gun and your badge real gamer privileges revoked dude uh, holy gotta shit. go
1: back to playing apex legends i guess <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a menu that lets you upgrade your camera and your lenses the lenses like the lenses are what you find the parts mm-hmm. you're talking about and they let you do special moves um like you can I'm hit for extra damage you can stun ghosts etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh Yeah, so as you're playing the game, you want to rack up more points and you want to upgrade your camera, but because the game is so, you know, forthcoming with how you rack up those points, how you maneuver to do different things in combat, it actually makes it a much tighter loop and a much more fun game to navigate. Kind of like we talk about with like, you know, Resident Evil 4 or any like Evil Within, any game that has like a good loop when the game tells you exactly what you need to know you have a better handle on how to manipulate it so you can actually kind of grind in this game if you want or you can at least approach each ghost encounter with like alright I'm going to like do better so I get more points Damn. so I can like yeah, I don't know if camera. it
1: told me I could do that oh I don't mm. remember getting a, anything on screen I was like you can upgrade this thing use them points dog Damn, it, it's never told me that I don't think yeah, I just saw I'm points and it was like 10,000 points to unlock uh, the goth outfit. <laughs> and then I said yes. And then,
0: yeah. Well, the good news is that if you open the game later today or whenever, uh, you will see that you have a pocket.
1: Yeah, I'll just. <laughs> they'll, they'll walk in and I'll be like in the wet t shirt outfit or something. And I'll be like, oh, it's not what you think. And I'll like close it really fast or something.
0: <laughs> I would just. I mean. I think you have an excuse. I'm trying to live my life to the fullest.
1: This is how I do it. I I make the game harder on myself by getting wet, so then it makes the shirt wet, so then I can see the bikini underneath. You don't understand, Mom.
0: <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me, let me finish talking about the comment before we talk about the wet t-shirts, okay? We're almost there. We're almost there. Anyway... Okay. my point is that i think the combat and the way that you know combat works in this game is just really really well done and it makes it very fun to like metagame the fact that you can switch film and lenses during combat and you have more mobility in combat just makes it all work a lot better those are things that have been in flux throughout the series like if you can do that or not um in the first game famously you have to do all that in menus before combat and it's super clunky and horrible so yeah the fact that combat is really just fast and fun and punchy makes this whole game really fast and fun and punchy and i think that's made better by the episodic structure so you can go back and replay parts you like you can go back and like farm points to upgrade your camera um you know it is a bit difficult now because there are two different camera obscuras that you're upgrading between the three characters yeah so you are going to need more points and you are going to need to like do better at combat but the fact that you can go replay areas or you can go to that sixth chapter and just grind that chapter is so long that there are a lot of reappearing ghosts so you can go and like grind if you want um yeah i just think it makes it really really fun and it's like the first time that i've played a fail frame game and felt like all of those elements were very accessible and just purely fun you know there wasn't like a sort of um grinding element in the sense that it like wasn't fun or that i wasn't enjoying it everything was just really punchy it worked really well and i had no complaints which is just like very rare for you know that ps2 style horror which this game is still rooted in
1: Yeah, and like most, there's only a handful of quote unquote. I don't know. Is a game survival horror if the combat is like prevalent? Like if it it, when it's you know, Evil Four is it survival horror anymore? Because part of that gameplay style I always thought was like a a resource scarcity, which doesn't really happen in like a game like that. This is more of an action game, so it's just a you know a horror game. Yeah, but like. Most I guess we'll just say survival horror anyway. Like, you know, most of those games, like if they have combat, it's never it's either not fun combat or if the combat is somewhat fun, like you maybe you like fear the combat. Like that becomes like a that becomes like a, a a part you dread, not in like a good horror way, but in a like this is gonna pull me out of the fun I'm having because I have to stress over getting through an encounter. Yeah. Like this game doesn't have that really like I have fun yeah. doing the combat like I don't I like you know some of the boss encounters are a little like tough but the way the game throws items at you like <laughs> I have multiple of the the stones that just auto refill your health if you if you hit critical yeah and like they, you know that I think that affects your like you know point count at the end of a level but you can replay it not a big deal. Like, a, you know, I have I have not been taken out of the game in that way.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think just like Resident Evil 4, this game would be kind of like the turning point in the series. Um, I, it, Like, as far as what I've like actually fully played, I know, like I said, I know there's ones on the Wii, Wii U, whatever, don't email yeah. me. But <laughs> just like Resident Evil 4, I would say this is kind of that turning point where it's like, oh yeah, it's not survival horror anymore because we've removed that element as well as the other gameplay elements. Cause like in the classic series, like the original trilogy, the basic gameplay was just survival horror, like going around fixed cameras, picking up items, all that kind of shit. And then the combat is exactly what you described. Um, in this game, they've removed a lot of those survival horror tropes and they've made the combat just purely fun. So yeah, I guess this is the moment where it pivots from survival horror to just horror. And that's why I think it has such a modern feel to me. Even no. though it is technically a seventh gen game and it definitely has a lot of seventh gen ideas in it, like it just feels very modern to me because it's just fun and it just works.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask if this is the most recent one or because I thought there was one after this for some reason. I did too. Is, I think you probably this heard this me is, say that. Yeah, I was wrong. Unless you, unless, unless there's some like spin off whatever game somewhere, this is. This is the most recent mainline entry, so yeah. Hopefully, sure. hopefully this does well. Now that it's on more than just the Wii U, and uh, they yeah. they get to go ahead to make a new one because I, I think you know I, I I think maybe if if we're really lucky, we're getting close to a a horror game uh, renaissance. So yeah, if we're not already there, you know, in some ways.
0: I think we are but I think more you know companies like Koei Tecmo bringing back these big franchises that people love that would kind of cement it or at least like elevate it in some way like there's mm. already rumors that you know Silent Hill is going to come back as like a bloober team game um yeah I feel, feel like we've seen enough
1: that that's gonna yeah. happen I feel like it's just coming
0: yeah exactly not like the you know oh kojima's secretly developing silent hills
1: and well that's the thing with that yeah. bullshit is that if you if you spend 15 fucking years being like they're gonna do it they're gonna do it they're, it's this is you this is the year baby yeah like it'll eventually probably yeah <laughs> and then you're like yeah i told you it was coming i'm like yeah it only took them 20 goddamn years to do it yeah <laughs> and it's not even like a team silent one. it is just going to be bloober team making the medium Two, but it's just called silent hill something something yeah which is fine like no no real shade at that choice
0: i would like to play the medium
1: but i can't my computer just locks up on that game Uh, it's too too strong
0: it's a good game uh i I
1: played it until i got to like a real beefy dual screen area and it just like tanked my like unplayable frame rate literally like six and i was like okay (laughs)
0: Well, there. I know the area you're talking about. It's like the visitor center, like in front of the elevators. I know exactly what you're talking about because when I played it, it was freakish how my computer mm-hmm. also took a big hit, like for no yeah. reason. And after that, no other area in the game did that. Um, it wasn't as bad as what you're describing, but it was like pretty gnarly. And I just like ran through the area as fast as I could. And <laughs> I think there's just like some weird programming in that bit of Mm -hmm. the game i'm curious curious if they've patched that or what but um it is a game that does require uh some some computing power Well,
1: at the rate gpus are going i'm probably just going to end up getting like a xbox before i'll be able to get a better gpu so oh yeah I'll, i'll play it there i'll get it one day
0: yeah i'm fully out of the game with all that bullshit fuck that dude i
1: mean you're good for another like five years off this off yours
0: oh uh, yeah there's that too but also i'm probably just gonna get like a ps5 at some point so (laughs) yeah okay so from what we've talked about so far in the game we've kind of talked about the front facing problems which is the stuff that you encounter right away like you know the controls are a little weird. You have to get used to them. The intro is not great. It's kind of like a long overstuffed tutorial, etc, etc, etc. But there is one major major issue <laughs> that we haven't discussed yet. That is a problem. <laughs> it is a fucking problem to be <laughs> explicit. Um, I got a fucking problem with this game, and it is that it is so horny. <laughs>
1: It's It's not like the horniest thing I've ever seen, but like it's there's some shit there's some stuff.
0: It's just it's it's unnecessary. (laughs) And so that was the thing with like approaching the later games in the series. I knew that there was a horny element and that was kind of why I avoided them. And then when I tried to play the fail frame Two remake, I just thought the controls and everything were so bad that I just didn't really get into it. So this is the first one that I really dove into and like, it's yeah it's not the horniest thing you'll ever encounter it's not game ruining like it doesn't like totally I wasn't like I have to shut this off but it's like you have to be apprised of it you have to be aware of it before you play it so that it doesn't like shock you (laughs) and it is just like kind of a bummer
1: right well I think like i guess the worst offender and maybe this is just you know everyone's gonna have a different opinion on what the worst offender is in this case but to to create an entire game mechanic around getting wet (laughs) so you can then have an outfit that is and it's really weird to me that they they don't just have like a it's just a bikini that's We just did the thing. it's they're wearing a bikini and heels for (laughs) some reason, but they have a shirt on over it. So when Uh you get wet, it's then you can see what's underneath.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because
1: there is a mechanic in the game in which when you become and, you know, it doesn't even work that well. And that's, I guess, another thing to talk about is you can get like there's like a saturation meter. Yeah. And in a couple parts of the game, it like slowly increased for me and I could like wait and let it decrease. But most times, you're just like, it's fine. Nothing happens. And then maybe during like a ghost battle, like it's just kind of like a you enter an area and clearly you're just meant to fight a couple of ghosts. If they knock you over and you fall into water, you're just, you just get. Your wetness is maxed. You're wet, (laughs) yeah. And then it's like any, you know, you run this gamble of any time you go to pick up an item, maybe you're gonna get grabbed by a ghoulie. Yeah, yeah. And the game specifically says you can either use an item to remove that effect or you can defeat every ghost in an area Uh that never works that is never taking care of the problem I don't the system feels a little half baked that or I just don't understand how it works yeah okay it's it's. I have to burn items to get dry But then I can't see the bikini if I'm
0: dry. (laughs) So it's super half-baked because the way that I understood it is that if you get too wet, you get cursed. So you have to use those embers to dry yourself off. Now, that's not the case because Cursed is that status effect where your vision oh, is yeah. all blurry and flashing red and stuff. So
1: and you're dying? How do you, the, you fix that?
0: <laughs> so if you are in a battle, there are certain... The Shrine Maidens, there's a specific type mm-hmm. of enemy who are kind of like mini-bosses or bosses. Um, they can hit you with the Cursed status effect even if your health isn't low. And that's the thing where you need to use an Ember um to get rid of oh, okay. it okay or it like that again? or if you're if the ghost is at low health you can just kill it and then you'll yeah. the status effect goes away but so what i understood from the wetness mechanic which once again the fact i'm even saying that i'm fucking 34 years old i'm an adult fully a fucking adult that's just embarrassing the right wetness mechanic. <laughs> it's just embarrassing for everybody involved yeah. with this right now um like I understood it to be that if you're in the water too long, you get cursed and you have to use an ember. But it's not true. It's just that you get wet, so you can see the titties. That's it.
1: Yeah, because I like there are so many parts of this game where you're actually just wading through like waist deep water, and it doesn't. It just doesn't track it at all. Like you'll go, you'll pause or pull up something that'll show you the meter, and it's just totally empty. Yeah, and nothing will happen unless maybe you get knocked into it, like ha- like you're just fully submerged or something. Yeah, or just arbitrarily, it'll just be like, okay, now you're now you've got the the wet curse, you know. Yeah, even though you haven't, even that because you know at the beginning of the game, I was I could watch it increase as like I was walking in the rain or something. Yeah, but like it just kind of. I, it does not. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Through, as I can tell. At it's all. just
0: gratuitous and pointless. And so then, so the other thing that's funny about it though is that, well, okay, let me tell you my journey with this game. Because <laughs> at first, like you start, it's like, okay, I'm expecting there's going to be some horny stuff in it, but whatever. Start playing the game. It's not a major part of the game. It's not like a distracting part of the game. So then, as I'm playing though, I notice that like there are certain camera angles chosen and things where I'm like, okay, this is a little bit uncomfortable. But you can unlock costumes So I was like I bet Mm -hmm. there's a costume That makes this A bit better Like your character's Not wearing a white shirt And getting rained on And that's true uh, for Yuri, who's kind of the main character of the game, the um, cutesy goth get, like, outfit, baby. The, the cutesy goth outfit. Yeah. she's dressed like Baby Metal. It's much less it revealing. Rocks. It's black, so it doesn't matter if it mm-hmm. gets rained on. Perfect. It's
1: head to toe too. Yeah, she's fully covered.
0: Yeah, she's she's uh, wearing full modest garb. My grandma, God rest her soul, would be proud. Um, I mean,
1: you can see her shoulders, and if high school taught me anything, it's that boys are very horny for shoulders. Apparently,
0: horny for shoulders. Yep. So can't, you know, I don't prefer. know.
1: Your mileage may vary. on, yeah. the, on how safe or aware the cutesy goth outfit is.
0: If you have an account on uh, WikyShoulders you might <laughs> you might get a little too horned up. Um, but so then for another character, uh, Miu, I think is your name. Uh, you can down or you can download. What download? Uh, you can buy. Uh, An outfit of one of the characters from fail frame three that is pretty much the same thing she's wearing but just yeah a little less revealing so i was happy about that and i was like great and then i'm playing rest of the game not thinking a thing of it because i don't jerk off to cartoons or get horny when playing video games Um, that's already fucked up But so then I noticed so like that's the other thing too is the character or the camera's over the shoulder. You're pretty much seeing the character's back for most of the game. So all of this wet t-shirt stuff is just doesn't even track, and it's not in any of the cutscenes or
1: anything, right? So like you'd have to be made uh, I think it I think it depends on the cut scene. There are some cutscenes I think that are just no matter what outfit choice you have, it's like default character outfits, but there are some, I think. Yeah, but they're never yeah, I had, like, like the baby metal outfit and it. You could see her in the baby metal outfit.
0: Yeah. Most of the cutscenes are in engine, but there's a few pre-rendered ones, yeah. but it's not like, I don't know. They just look normal. They're not like gratuitous, like sopping wet, like crazy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. It's just weird. So I was not thinking a thing of it, but then like I was like doing the quick turn thing you do where you turn your character around and recenter the camera. And I noticed that mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. has psychotic you- boobs physics yeah baby (laughs) psychotic and it's just it's once again it's just a stupid thing it's totally gratuitous it serves no point and you wouldn't even see it unless you were doing the like near automata thing of like try like where pervs are like trying to like put the camera up the character's skirt and it's just like
1: that's for the achievement, man. That's for the achievement.
0: Oh, yeah, for the achievement, yeah.
1: Gotta um, get trophy hunting. Um, no, that's was, the thing. Why? I noticed it immediately. <laughs> like when she's like, here's the camera, practice taking photos with it. The thing that happens is every time a character does the thing where they're walking and then they stop, Yeah. the boobs jiggle. Uh-huh. So what will happen is if you move, because I was like moving the camera around, just like looking at whatever. But the characters, for some reason, want to be in front of the camera when you pull it up. Uh-huh. like if you have a companion yeah. so she would walk over to it and then she'd stop and as soon as she stopped it'd be like brrr. <laughs> yeah. and like nothing in the game has physics like there's a very <laughs> no. slight like the like the tail ends of um yuri's hair will like kind of move a little bit like a little bit yeah but like you there's no like you bump into a table and like a cup moves or like anything like that nothing in the game has physics the only thing that has physics are the boobs Yeah. And like maybe some part of the clothing.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's stupid. It serves no purpose. It doesn't add anything.
1: Well, I guess that's where you're wrong. Like the purpose is to draw in a whole new subsection of consumer. (laughs) Sure. Because like you, you really, you kind of like pigeonhole yourself with how many people you're going to appeal to with just a horror game. Like the second. You label it horror game, you do kind of alienate a really large consumer base. Sure, I gamers are psycho people in general. I guess like people, are just like no, it's too scary. I can't, I can't horror anything too yeah. scare. Uh-huh. I'm like it's, it's not like that. You're missing out, but whatever. But if you if you if you layer on this, like oh, but you you can you can oggle the characters you'll you'll get more sales it's just yeah especially on steam now like steam now now that they're like you can have just full on hentai on steam all you uh-huh. all you have to do to legally sell it is sell it censored and then within the game's like you know page just direct everyone to a link to download the patch to put in the uncensored stuff sure like ever since they they made that move just everywhere, just hentai games, all <laughs> over the place, man. And you know, like that's that stuff sells. And so, if you're like, hey, it's a horror game, but like, look at these cute outfits you can you can earn while you're playing the game, or you can buy with real money if if you are so inclined. Yeah, people buy it.
0: Well, I'm just saying I don't like it, uh, and I think it sucks <laughs> because. I don't think the game I mean I know the game doesn't need it it's a good game it's a good fatal frame game uh it's it doesn't need it but I will say it doesn't
1: need it you are right about that
0: and I'll say this though I will say this as someone who is notoriously sensitive about all this stuff and doesn't like this shit it doesn't detract from the game it's a small enough part of the game in my opinion that I could just not pay attention to it and not fuck with it and it was fine oh yeah um
1: the vibes are all still there
0: yeah there are moments and you will notice it at times but i'll say i i was kind of able to just be like well whatever i i don't care i'm not trying to jerk off to cartoons this is whatever and just ignore it and that was fine um yeah so i I just wanted to acknowledge that it's there and say that it's bullshit and i hate all gamers
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean the only time I'm just like, huh? It's just like every every character has giant knockers. <laughs> except except for the like and this is the thing I haven't quite figured out and I'm not sure if later in the game it kind of reveals itself. I don't know what the deal is with uh, Ren is his name I think, the uh-huh. the guy protag you play as, his assistant? Yeah. They're, it's it's a little cloudy and I and I'm not sure if it's just a like she's a tomboy or if it's gonna be like a maybe questionably handled uh gender identity or transitioning thing
0: yeah that's like yeah that's a weird thing too that i think are just weird asides and i'll say mm, that yeah. this game all the stuff in it that is problematic or i guess like upsetting or whatever it's like they're just like weird asides um it's yeah, definitely I mean, not the
1: know, aside from the whole part where it's just like we have to sacrifice women. Only women can be beautiful flowers for us to sacrifice <laughs> to the, to whoever to keep stuff from, I don't know, like,
0: yeah, kind
1: of your like old world misogyny as it were. But yeah, yeah. For the most part, I guess there's nothing like a creature.
0: It, yeah. It definitely rides the line. And I guess like to some degree, fatal frame has always kind of like ridden the line in that way with like, yeah, like, are we just looking at these old practices and customs and saying, Oh, this is bad. Or like, is there, you know, what is the utility of presenting this kind of old world misogyny? Is there something bad there? You know, Mm -hmm. what is, you know, when you have this many female characters, you're going to have these sort of like hints of like, Oh, you know, is there some sort of same sex relationship happening here or whatever? And like, what is the utility of that? How is that presented? Or like, yeah, with the horny stuff, it's like, what is the meaning of ogling these characters you know, what does this say about the player? What does this say about the developers? And they always just managed to be like, nope, not not going to go yeah. any deeper than the kiddie pool with all the stuff that we raise. And yeah, I guess it's, you know, I started to think about it too in the context of like schlocky J-horror. And I sort of was like, I think that's why I am just speaking for myself. I make no final judgment about anything or claim to have all the answers. Um, but like, I sort of view it in that way where it's like, it's just schlocky and it's fun and it's kind of stupid. So I'm letting it get away with all this stuff. And I do think some of that goes back to J horror because like, you know, something that a lot of people don't know is that in J horror, there was a lot of crossover with the directors of that and a genre of like soft core kind of porn. Like it's very, very soft core um, sort of, quasi pornographic movies that were called pinku movies that was like the slang just like
1: where it's it's just like 30 minutes of like a girl in a bikini just like pouring water on herself
0: no that's actually the really odd thing is that pinku movies were basically just normal movies that had sex scenes usually multiple sex Uh, scenes that were longer and slightly more <laughs> explicit than you would see ah. in like a normal movie. So it's actually a super weird. It's not really a subgenre mm. of its own. Like it would really just be like a pinku movie that was like still its own movie. So there are a lot of like horror movies from that time that I would watch and then be like, oh, "It was weird that there was like that 5-minute sex scene in the middle of it." But then like later you'd be like, "Oh, that was a pinku movie." And it's cuz you know, I don't know, maybe it's just like different generations like us having like we've always just had like huh. porn. There's just is, like uh oh. is
1: basic instinct a pinku movie then
0: <laughs> yeah you know there are some 90s movies that i think if it made in japan would have been considered pinku like species okay. maybe would be a pinku movie as well
1: was, uh, oh i don't remember much about species other than like uh, just the lady turned into the thing because there's it was like a was there's some, yeah. involved in, did he design the thing is that what that was I don't
0: remember. I just remember there was some gratuitous sex scenes in that. Oh, movie, I, I don't.
1: I really don't remember.
0: I, don't, I saw oh, it that's I Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. She like fucked because she was trying to make more alien babies. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You're right. I but, remember now.
0: So anyway, like in J-horror, if you're like me and you watched a fuck ton of J-horror and had phases of just downloading anything or going to the video store and renting anything that looked like horror, like you've watched some Pinku movies. You've watched some movies with like really unnecessary borderline obtrusive like sexual content and all that stuff um and i don't know you just get to a point where it's like well whatever like i would prefer it to not be this way i
1: mean but it's fine you know i like that's i guess sexuality and sex is a normal part of being a person so it's not uh, out of the realm of possibility that that stuff just kind of finds its way into things in general i think it's here mostly just because It helps sell things. For sure. Whether it's just kind of like Japanese culture or just culture in general now. I mean, there's a billion horny idiots on Steam buying dumb horror games that are sexual horror games or whatever (laughs) they're called
0: (laughs) now. Yeah. The haunted labia.
1: It's fine. And I guess I'd rather have just like, don't you want the wet t-shirt skin than like Silent Hill being like let's just not do a good job of inserting all these insane like sexual abuse subplots <laughs> yeah well like like, yeah. ju- like juvenile leering at a like video game character is like Laura Croft on the like swimsuit cover of like EGM or whatever is in my book way better than just some of the, like, shit that happens in, like, the Silent Hill games, so.
0: Hmm. I see your point. Um, hmm. It's hard, see, it's hard for me because I think they're really different things. I think, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I see your point, but I will say that I think a story raising themes it can't handle is a problem. It's something I've railed against a bunch, and I think Mm -hmm. there's there's a juvenile aspect to that that is super problematic. Yeah. I think with the leering thing, you know, it is a part of everything, right? And there's a, there's an easy flattening that you can do where you say, well, it's just the same as people using sex to sell music. It's the same as, like, music videos having, like, you know, whatever, scantily clad people doing whatever. The problem with video games, I think, is that there's something unseemly about it because you're, like, controlling the character, and, like, it's, like, this sure. weird control fantasy of, like, I can mm-hmm. position the mm-hmm. character any way I want. I can make them do whatever I want. And so, yeah. like, if a char- if a game has, like, like, character designs where the characters are just, like, wearing, like, ridiculous outfits or are scantily clad, that gets more into something where it's, like, yeah, you can say you don't love it, but also, like, I don't know, is it, like, the worst thing ever? There's some debate there. The answer is no; it's not the worst thing ever. But <laughs> yeah. w- w- when you get into this kind of stuff, there is something kind of insidious about it because it's like that control fantasy, and also like you kind of know like who it's aimed at. I think one thing. So like I've spent a lot yeah. of time, especially in the Discord, explaining why like hentai and video games and stuff that are like super horny like make me really uncomfortable and I think there's two well there's like three reasons number one there's the control element number two there's the fact that I know because I've seen this shit that like stuff like hentai and video games are sexuality is used to mask like really deeply fucked up shit like pedophilia and rape and things like that and so to me it's like well that's a that's a hard line right like we cannot there's zero tolerance for that but the other thing is that i know it's always aimed at someone just like me and so when i'm playing this stuff as like the ideal consumer i'm just like ew like no i don't want this and i feel almost like doubly offended because they're like hey fucking idiot you love it check this shit out and i'm like no yeah. you're a fucking idiot like fuck you i get like yeah there's a there's a sort of like a dual layer discomfort that i feel
1: yeah, I guess I guess the topic of like what is worse, or like what has a longer-reaching negative impact, like the sort of like very poorly handled stuff that happens, like in the Silent Hill, that has people on the internet being like, "Oh, this is like this is just like auteur shit right here. This is it. This is the good <laughs> stuff. This is so uh-huh. smart and deep, and like just dudes who just buy every anime game with like Booba." Yeah. You know. Like I guess there's just like I you could probably just take like a four hundred level class on like why either one of those is like deeply like troubling in the long run or in like a person's development. Right. But I yeah. don't know. I gu- I guess I don't know. So maybe they're both just as bad. We'll just say they're both just as bad, because that's <laughs> the safe bet.
0: I mean, I think there's a similar root cause, which is, you know, just male juvenilia and an unequal we
1: all have juvenilia man it's natural
0: (laughs) and an unequal society right like those are sort of the the root causes of these things and so you start to examine them and uh it's it's troubling i guess and i don't know like that's why i don't know i got kind of labeled as a prude a bit for a while in the discord even though i'm not at all um but it's literally just because specifically with hentai and with video games i'm uncomfortable with these sorts of situations but like if there's a game that seems to be like an adult (laughs) work that's made by like mature people that includes like sex and sexuality and whatever like that's totally cool. Like, that's good. It's just that when you approach it in this way, it is inherently not mature. Like, it's inherently yeah. this weird, disturbing, like, teenage... Not even teenage, like, middle school power fantasy. And I think people really bending over backwards to, like, normalize that is, like, a, is foul in my eyes.
1: hmm Yeah. I mean, yeah, so. there's... There is a place for some of that stuff, but I think that, um... Every single shrine maiden having her robe undone like halfway down her torso and all of them have big booba is <laughs> like I just think statistically that isn't even a thing that would no, happen. So
0: it's not likely. I,
1: I have I have killed like twenty-five shrine maiden ghosts and all of them were just like packing. So yeah. that seems a little seems a little strange to me. It seems unnecessary. The but. real
0: mystery of Fatal Frame, yeah. Maiden yeah. of Black Water. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah so that but like you know i i found that it was an element of the game that i could just be like well whatever like oh d- i
1: got used to it really quickly i was just like meh whatever okay weird this is just what we're doing <laughs> i guess and that's cool and yeah. at least i guess the one focal young character isn't weird yeah I'm not focal or the only like child character that the story seems to really focus on.
0: Yeah. Is, is yeah. Not at all sexualized.
1: (laughs) She just has white hair (laughs) red eyes.
0: Yeah. And she's cool. She's mean. And I like her. Um, but
1: yeah, like I, I,
0: it's not obtrusive in the way that you see in other games where it's just like, I can't, I can't do this. It's
1: too ridiculous. It's just, it's like 8% that are alive each volleyball. And then like 92%. Fatal Frame game, <laughs> maybe maybe ten maybe ten ninety. I should be a little more. Uh, I think
0: 928 two eight feels right because like that's the thing is like if it was super overpowering and shitty, I would have just turned the game off. I know myself and I know my tolerance for this shit, and it's very yeah. close to zero. And so like I would have just turn it off and I didn't I think
1: historically given what I've seen from video games like it could have gotten worse like they definitely could have done a thing where when you get grabbed by a ghost in an item pickup it just like turns the camera around to like her boobies are just flying everywhere while she's like struggling (laughs) with the ghost
0: yeah for sure like I've
1: seen enough of that shit that like they they were just like we'll give them this it'll be enough
0: yeah for sure and like i've watched enough anime to know when like the fan service is out of control and this is not like that yeah like the shot composition the direction the gameplay it's not all framed around like we need to show you x amount of like shots of the character's body you know it's not like that so yeah it's just a a weird thing a weird blip that i had to talk about because it sucks but I don't know. It's like everything else about this game I actually thought was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed playing it and I think it's weird the amount of hate this game gets because like I said having tried the Fail Frame 2 remake on the Wii, it's just like a shittier, a much much, much shittier version of this game. Like, okay, so like another thing in this game that is just, it's bad, there's really no defense of it is the way you pick up items with the slow animation. Yeah.
1: Well, that's specifically designed around the like when you're wet and the ghost might attack you. Yeah. System. So every item pickup has to be this drawn out like. Yeah. Kind of like they play the eerie music and you're reaching for something. Yeah. But because if you're not, if you don't have that effect on you, it's nothing will happen. It's just a protracted pickup animation.
0: Which is kind of worse. Yeah. But then it's
1: like it just shouldn't be in there like the whole that whole mechanic just shouldn't be in there I guess it's cute because it's the water and the ghosts and it makes sense quote unquote but it's not implemented very well and it kind of just comes at the detriment of the game oh for
0: sure well and that's the thing is that they introduced that in that uh, Wii remake of Fail Frame 2 but in that game it's constant it's like every time you open a door every time you inspect something every time you pick up an item Mm. so it's like yeah in that game i was like this combined with some other things makes the game unplayable in my eyes so in this game i was sad to see that return but you get used to it and it's not a huge part of the game you know just like i think pretty much all the flaws in this game are just like well it has a lot of flaws but they're not a huge part of the game and like the core of the game is very very solid and very very fun to play like to me, it was just exciting to play because it felt like the first real modern Fatal Frame. Because, like, Fatal Frame 3 is a great game. It feels like kind of the most, like, polished version of the original formula. And then after you get that, you get these weird sort of experimental games that are kind of clunky and, in my eyes, don't really work that well. Then you get to this game and you play it, and it's like, oh, shit. It's like a modern... Fatal Frame. It's not perfect. It feels very 2014 at times, Um, but it—you can see it. You can see this series in Mm -hmm. the modern age, and it's super exciting. And yeah, it does make me want more. It's like I would love to play a game in this style where all the kinks are ironed out. You know, like that would just rock.
1: Yeah, and even like you said, the kinks that are here. Once you get rolling, and you kind of just wrap your head around some of the janky stuff, and you. You look past some of the stuff you don't like, and and you're just kind of in it and going. It's it's good. Yeah, for sure. It's at least got all the the stuff you would want out of like a a, a J horror related experience. I think. And I yeah. don't even really have a history of liking uh, J horror. Yeah, I don't hate it, or I never really hated it. I think I've had an aversion to it because my like first shitty girlfriend got like weirdly into like all the like tartan asia extreme dvds (laughs) she could find and i i think i just resented her in general for a really long time so i was just like i hate all this shit yeah but now that i'm older i'm like no this stuff rocks i just haven't actually given it time as someone who was willing to yeah to consume it um but i did watch a good number of those movies so sure I'm like, all those vibes are here. It all rocks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, too, like, just from that perspective, which to me has always been the heart of what makes Fail Frame cool because I'm such a J Whore head, like, I think this game does that element so, so, so well. You know, the graphics looking great, the design being great, really makes those elements hit home, you know, makes that aesthetic element work super well found footage stuff is awesome the way that's integrated into the game is really cool like i think if you're a j-horror fan there's a lot to love here you know it's just like i said oh, yeah. you're you're playing kind of a schlocky lower budget like tv movie kind of j-horror thing and not like you know mm-hmm. a kiyoshi kurosawa like all-timer j-horror thing you know
1: yeah it's this is a harder sell if- for like a maybe just pure survival horror fan but yeah if you're J horror fan yeah uh, yeah like <laughs> i think i could safely recommend this i guess maybe not everyone would want to pay 40 bucks for it but sure i think it's i think it's i think there's enough game in it to be worth that price but
0: yeah i mean it's a long game like there's something like 16 stages total and you know they range in in time, pretty yeah. wildly, but I think the average is probably like forty five minutes a stage if you average them all out.
1: Um, yeah. And there's that kind of replay aspect if you're if you're chasing, you know, getting photos of all the like yeah. idle ghosts and you know items and all that stuff. Cause it tracks all that stuff. So if you are if you if you want if you want another Resident mm-hmm. Evil Eight style. I need to check all the boxes. Like this is at least a little better in that regard because you can just kind of go back and do everything at your at your own pace. Yeah. Instead of having to like loop through the whole game, what? Yeah. Which you know I love looping through that game because that game rocks. Right. But this this does this does have like a decent value proposition even if you're not like just a just a J head. like yeah you know. There's enough here for $40.
0: For sure. I I think, too, though, that it's like the changes they've made, like you say, they make it more replayable. They make it more fun to engage with, but they don't take away what was kind of the heart and soul of the original series. They just do something really interesting with it. And like even there's some cool diversions, like there's a level where you watch surveillance cameras that has a super different feel from like the normal game or, you know, there's certain levels that have like more of the found footage stuff that really like gives them a different vibe. Um, you know, and so they kind of play with the formula a lot, but it never loses what I consider to be the heart of like the Fatal frame experience, which is like that slow dreamlike feel, the J horror influence, the first person combat. Like it's just a really well done version of that. So I think if you're a fan of fatal frame, or even if you've just been interested in fatal frame, but haven't played the older games cause they seem a little too, old-fashioned like this is a great place to jump in with the series i think um like contrary to whatever you've heard
1: you know yeah and this is more accessible too i mean it's on more platforms it's on
0: everything yep yeah so you can play it on switch and pc i think were the big ones because like the switch is kind of like the home platform for it and people are excited that it was on steam but it's also on ps4 i know pretty sure it's on xbox like Dude, it
1: is on every yeah ps4 ps5 switch all yeah. the xboxes Mm-hmm. and uh, Windows. So yeah. You can play it on anything.
0: Yeah, so Switch, it runs really well. Like I said, it's super stable, and it has some motion controls that are fun to mess around with. I like them, but I would not say that they are crucial to the experience, or like, you know, super important. And, you know, I, I don't know, I like playing handheld. It's kind of fun to play part of this game in handheld, but... Yeah.
1: And they seem to be patching the PC version um, pretty frequently, so... Yeah. Cause it's only been it ain't even been out for a full week or maybe it's a full week today or tomorrow or something. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I'm sure people have heard of some <laughs> PC port problems, but I, the only thing it did to me was one time I loaded it up. And when I loaded into the level, it just wouldn't take any input at all. I had to like completely tap out of the game and restart it. Um.
0: Yeah. For other sure. than
1: that I haven't had any issues I haven't had any performance issues or glitches or anything yeah so I think I think in another week it'll be ironed out so if you if you're gonna play it there it should be fun
0: yeah for sure i I think that to me it's just really exciting because like you know like this was really fortuitous I did not plan this but I couldn't be happier with the way it worked out that like The last episode of the show Was this big nostalgia fest Of me going back And playing these old Survival horror games And this game coming out Right after that Right Like the day I finished The episode And put it out This game released And it's been really Interesting to watch Because like you know A lot of people Are messaging me Or talking to me About like Oh yeah I really do want to Try these PS2 games I've, I've never played Or I really do want To revisit these And they're just Trying to help people get emulators going or trying to give people tips on where to find these games or how to do hardware emulation all stuff it made me realize that it's like yeah like if you don't have something like this podcast where it's like okay a decent chunk of your life pursuits or like a little chunk Mm -hmm. of your life pursuits are centered around playing these horror games and commenting on them and making art about them it might not be worth the amount of effort it takes to get those games going and even if you have the tech set up sometimes the games themselves are so punishing if you haven't played them before or if you don't remember how to play them that like it can be a really daunting proposition and so it's really exciting for a game like this that is totally classic survival horror but made a thousand times more accessible that also gets released on every platform with this like big you know glossy whatever port it's an exciting proposition because it's just like well it just means more people playing survival horror it just means Mm -hmm. more people like catching those vibes and hopefully just more people diving into that genre and like reinvigorating it in the future and that's just like that's what I fucking want I don't want to see a bunch of nerds on reddit arguing about like frame rates and you know whatever it's just like dude just play the game, it fucking rocks Shut the fuck up, that's it That's it, bottom line yeah, this, is
1: what, this is what happens when you have a $6,000 Computer set up and you're like
0: I need it to run at 240 hertz It's a fucking Wii like, U game bro Shut
1: yeah, the fuck I know. up Actually I think you can still get it on the. I don't think the Wii U store is shut down quite yet So if like, if you're listening to this And for some reason you have no access To any newer console than the Wii U mm-hmm. I think you can still get it you might have to pay more money than it's worth for a wii u game because it's only eShop in america yeah but I, you can get it so yeah <laughs> and it's the same game i they didn't add anything really i don't think except for maybe some of those outfits but
0: yeah so this might be the mushrooms or the persistent post-surgery pain in my right eye but i still don't know what a wii u is
1: <laughs> it's a turbocharged wii with a um ipad ah okay yeah, yeah 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 with a camera on it actually
0: oh that's wow. a, it is
1: an ipad yeah. <laughs> it's an ipad with like a controller attachment glued to it or whatever like those things you can buy on amazon there are six dollars that are just like yeah. i will be <laughs> pro gamer master controller for ipad gen one and then like 18 other descriptors in the title <laughs> and it's just like a thing you just like rubber band to your ipad
0: yeah but do, do it got flappy bird